Trek Geeks is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles, with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. From the official mission archive at Podfleet Command, it's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. My name is Bill Smith, and this is episode number 211, Variations on a Theme. What is the theme, you say? Well, you're going to find out about that in a bit. We're so excited to have you here. We're going to talk a lot about Star Trek today, which is often our want to do. And of course, by our, that means I have a co-host... <sighs> yeah, here we go. Here we go is right. Um, I, I, the best part about the last couple of weeks is that I haven't had to be anywhere near this person in the same room. Virtually is bad enough. Um, but here he is for the 211th time. Uh, Dan Davidson. Hey, Hi. Dan. So glad you're here. Great. Great to be here, buddy. I will be the one to pick us up from the depths of your despair for me being here and say welcome to the Trek Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Dan Davidson. Your planet, welcome. (laughs) It's good to be here, man. I'm actually looking forward to being here with you, which is something I thought I'd never in my life say, but here we are. Well, you know, it's there's been a lot to digest in the world the last few weeks, uh, certainly some very serious topics, and we've decided it's kind of our mission to sort of bring some unseriousness, or at least to lighten things up a little bit. There's plenty of reasons out there to get stressed out and to freak out, and we don't want any of that here. So, so today, Dan, we're going to approach watching Star Trek a little differently. Yeah, this is something that I've I've never really done before. Now, there have been DVD sets released like this, and there have been uh, other marathons on different channels that you've seen over the years. But uh, when I, I don't know about you, but when I throw on a Star Trek, I just happen to just pick one and, and go with it and then just watch another one. And I don't have any specific theme for watching any of my episodes. But with everybody being inside and self-quarantining and staying safe and not spreading the virus... We figured let's uh, let's talk about a theme that we would like to see with Star Trek episodes. Write up our episodes that go with that theme and and share it with the listeners so that maybe they can have new themes to watch uh, when they're watching Star Trek. So here we are, and I'm pretty excited about it. Me too. You know, it's it's taking Star Trek and being able to look at it a different way. I mean, maybe there's 
you know, uh, a series of episodes you want to watch that are tied together on some level. Maybe you want to watch all the good Vulcan episodes, or maybe you want to watch some episodes that are written by, I don't know, all women writers, which would be fantastic. Um, you know, just, I, I think these themes are different ways to approach our fandom and still consume this thing that we love, especially during these times. And why not change it up a little? Absolutely. And, I, and I'm looking forward. I, I, I will tell you that when I sat down to think of a theme, I didn't want to go with just something normal. I wanted it to be something that maybe other people haven't thought of a lot. So I've, I think I've done that. And I'm looking forward to, to hearing what you and our guest have for, for the different themes uh, that we have come up with for this episode. Because thinking outside the box is something that you normally don't do very well. But I'm thinking you're going to do it here. And I'm looking forward to hearing it. What's a box? See what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned we have a guest. Um, we decided this week to probably bring on one of the nicest humans on the planet, also one of our Trek Geeks producers, also uh, the very first admin of Camp Kittimer, uh, a dear friend of ours, Dan. Uh, who yes. is that? That would be Jackie Hackney, and I'm sure that you have all had interactions with her on Camp Kittimer. She is wonderful. Like you said, she's one of uh, she's our first admin uh, of the of the uh, Facebook group. We're we're so excited to have her finally come on the show um, and talk about her theme. and And not only is this her first time being on the Trek Geeks podcast or the Trek Geeks podcast network, I think this is her first time ever guesting on a podcast at all. So I'm looking forward to talking to her and see if we can trip her up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to talking to her and seeing if she can trip you up a little bit because that's relatively easy to do. Very easy. Yeah. Um, In fact, normally that happens when you read the contact information, and I can't wait to see how this goes this week. So, Dan, please regale us with how people can get in touch with you and me. Well, it's actually very easy. If you're looking to get in touch with us, you can head on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, where you will find a multitude of ways to communicate with us. Let's see, there's Skype chat, there's email, there's even voicemail by way of that big blue button using SpeakPipe. Whatever way you want to contact us, folks, make it so, because we love hearing from you. Plus, as we've been talking about, there's also the most positive Star Trek group on Facebook. It's called Camp Kittimer. It's our official group, and it's where over 1,600 other friends gather to talk Trek. It is always positive, with no bashing or gatekeeping ever allowed. To join the group, just head on over to facebook.com slash group slash Camp Kittimer and be ready to be part of a truly wonderful social experience. And as always, we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, there you go, Jackie, Sarah, and Dan for the amazing job they do running the camp. But please remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. That's two weeks in a row without a single mistake. Back to you, Bill. You even inserted words that weren't in the copy. I'm really kind of impressed. I spent that whole time trying to distract you on camera, and I could see you smiling. Yeah, but (laughs) I did it, and I can't even believe it. (laughs) Uh, The best part is is I'm just going to cut in from two weeks ago when you messed it up. (laughs) Nice. Nicely done. So, Dan, we, uh, we obviously can't let the intro to this podcast... Uh, go by without recognizing a truly momentous occasion. And that is, of course, the birthday of he who will always be Captain James T. Kirk, the the truly iconic William Shatner who turned, wait for it, 89 just the other day, dude. Amazing. March 22nd, just a few days as we record this week. 
89, and he is still going like gangbusters. You know, Sue and I were sitting watching television the other night, and we were flipping through the stations, and a show called Unexplained was on one of the channels. I think it was, I don't know if it was National Geographic or History Channel or something, and he hosts it, and it was about cults, and the Heaven's Gate cult was referenced, but he's sitting there doing the narration on camera, talking about the stuff, not missing a beat, looking fantastic, 89 years old, and still going strong. It, he is. We should all hope that we are as um, amazing as this guy is when we get to be that age. Congratulations, Mr. Shatner. You deserve it. You know, it's it's. If you add up our ages, we are just a little bit older than he is, <laughs> and we look twice as bad. <laughs> exactly. Well, but um, it's, uh, yeah, you do. You absolutely exactly. Do. I didn't. I didn't want to say it, but thank you for pointing it out. It's it's really amazing the the career that this guy has had, the uh, love he's had from fans and the love he has for fans. Um, you know, it, it's great to watch. You know, we all see how he can be on Twitter and it's always fun to watch to see what's going to be happening, whether it's whether it's between him and fans or him and, oh, I don't know, Jason Isaacs, which is always a fun little banter back and forth. But it's, it's amazing that he is in, as engaged as he is at 89 years old. And it's something that I think a lot of people should look forward to, to being able to do when they get to be that age. I have to say, two of the most exciting experiences throughout my Star Trek fandom have been meeting William Shatner Mm. um, because he was warm and engaging and truly filled with gratitude. Um, I've, you know, there, there are a lot of stories out there about uh, people's interactions with William Shatner. I understand that that was their experience. I've now met him twice over the course of 10 years and he could not have been anything but truly kind and, and, and genuinely appreciative of the people coming to, to see him and meet him. So, absolutely. Um, happy birthday, William Shatner. Here's to many more. Dan, as always, we are proud and truly honored to have Fansets as our presenting sponsor here on the Trek Geeks Network. But now, more than ever, we urge all of our listeners to support small businesses, and Fansets is right at the top of that list. Even in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, they are truly hard at work to bring you new and amazing pins for your ever-growing collection. Yeah, they certainly are, man. And this is the week that we have been waiting for, my friend. Um, Later this week, as we record... The new Picard Delta and Starfleet Command visitor pins will finally be shipping from the enormous and gargantuan warehouses of fansets. So if you pre-ordered the items, keep your eyes open for a package arriving in the mail with your newest swag. And if you haven't pre-ordered them, what is wrong with you? A. And B. Seriously, you still have uh, time to do uh, that ordering because there are some left. Head on over to fansets.com right now and place your order. Also, Bill. As you may or may not have seen, over this past weekend on their social media pages on Facebook and on Twitter, the folks at Fansets have released the artwork for the first micro-crew pins that will be coming out for Star Trek Picard, and they are simply unbelievable. Dodge, Elnor, Dr. Agnes Jurati, Soji, and Seven of Nine are the first characters in the collection. Uh, they are in the final stages of approval, but you can expect to see these pins very soon. You know, they really look fantastic, and each one just really captures the essence of the characters. I can't wait to add them to my collection, man. And if you collect more than Star Trek stuff, you can bet that Fansets has a whole bunch of other genres to choose from, ranging from, I don't know, Harry Potter 
to DC to Irwin Allen, plus a whole bunch more, including that show that nobody watches called Firefly. Uh, head on over to fansets.com right now to check their entire line of pins. Really, you're just going to be amazed. And while you're there, if you want to receive an amazing 15% off your entire order, just enter the Trek Geeks exclusive discount code TREKATHON. That's T-R-E-K-A-T-H-O-N in all capital letters with no spaces at checkout. That's right. This code is going to get you 15% off of everything you get at fansets.com. And this is no joke. This bonus code is going to be available until Wednesday, April 1st, 2020 at midnight Eastern Daylight Time. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Trek Geeks. Well, Dan, here we are. We've been thinking that, you know, there's a lot of seriousness going on in the world right now. Um, there's lots of stuff that is, is pretty, um, pretty intense. Um, it certainly causes a lot of anxiety and stress. And, and we've been looking for ways to try to, to mitigate some of that. So we're thinking, what better than Star Trek, honestly? True. And what better than finding different ways to rewatch Star Trek, which, you know, uh, could be fun. I mean, instead of just going sequentially uh, through a given series, which is always good, you could yeah. pick themes to rewatch themes. episode. And that's kind of what occurred to us uh, not too long ago. Um, do you often rewatch it on a theme or do you just normally watch sequentially when you No, I, I, I never watch on a theme. I always just will throw on whatever... Uh, whatever medium to watch it, whether it's CBS All Access or Netflix, and I'll just choose a series. I'll pick a season. I'll scroll through a few and press play. That's it. And then it just goes from there. Yep. Interesting. Well, now that nice we've gone easy. through this exercise, do you think that maybe you might do a themed rewatch every now and then now? Oh, I absolutely plan on it. I know that I'm going to do a watch of my theme, and I know that I will do a watch of our guest theme. You know, That's it's about it. You set me up just like a true professional that spent a little bit of time at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. That was amazing. Hey, that was what you. we call in the biz a, a big market tease. Ba-boom. And uh, speaking of big market teases, Dan Davidson is now going to tell us who our guest is. Well, you know, this has been a long time coming, Bill. Uh, this person is one of our all-time favorite people on the entire planet Earth and and maybe the whole damn quadrant. In fact, to be totally honest with you um she is a fantastic friend she she and as we as we are talking about these themes right now it was only the right thing to do that she was cosplaying as an andorian nurse in stlv this past year and i got a great picture with me uh, as galt with her awesome she's a producer of the trek geeks podcast so she is our special guest and you hear her name every single week on the trek geeks podcast because she is one of the admins of camp kittimer she's jackie hackney jackie welcome to the show for the very first time i uh, thank you so much glad to be here i thought you were introducing bill there for a minute <laughs> no i would have just said and here's some big jerk bill Smith, thank you <laughs> That's true. That's why he doesn't get to introduce me every week, because I know what it would be. <laughs> Jackie, you've been a part of the Trek Geeks family since damn near the beginning. Um, I don't think we've ever asked you this question. How was it that you found Trek Geeks initially? Through you guys. Well, that kind of... <laughs> Way to stretch out a story there, Jackie. Yeah, yeah I've, I've got a talent for that. Um, well, I mean, before you, you knew us... 
Well, you had asked me to, we become friends um, through a Star Trek group and had asked me, remember, to uh, to admin for Camp Kittimer. That's right. So, yeah, it's uh, been a few years. <laughs> it's It's been, a, in, it, for us, it's been forever. For you, it's been about a couple of years. Yeah. A little more than that, but yeah, let's go with that. We're old. <laughs> we're, we're old, old and yeah. you're not. So. Oh, you're so sweet. What, I'm well, like a year or so behind you? So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Probably more than that. Dan looks older, though. Um, I'm very old. Yeah, you, <laughs> you are old. God. Are those are those wrinkles? You got crow's feet? Absolutely. I have wow. a lot of them. Wow. Character the beard. I used to say it was because of my kids. No, it's from you. Yeah, oh. I, don't believe, I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Jackie, today you are going to join us in picking, you know, uh, some some interesting rewatch themes for rewatching Star Trek. Um, I'm assuming that you're a completist and you've seen all of Star Trek, or is there some of it you haven't seen yet? There may have been a couple of the um, animated series episodes mm-hmm. that I've not seen, but other than that, um, I'm a completist, and so are my kids and my husband. Uh, that's what I call raising them right, Dan. Oh yeah, I gotta I gotta make a new list real quick because my theme was going to be animated episodes, but Jackie hasn't seen them all. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know that my theme is going to be for everybody, but it's definitely for me. So there you go. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, just like everybody's fandom, you know, your theme is going to be unique to you, and maybe it's going to inspire somebody else to watch your theme, or maybe to springboard off it and create their own. And that's really what this is about. So uh, nice, uh, Dan. Uh, nobody can see it because you know we're we're an audio only podcast. But Dan just did a really nice diving uh, motion. I was kind of hoping he was diving off a cliff. But oh gosh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Well, why don't we get started then? So I asked you each to prepare a list of you know about five episodes, give or take of themes that you would rewatch. And here's a good example. Um, this past weekend on StarTrek.com, they had a list of episodes written by women, which I think would have been a fantastic rewatch looking at some of the episodes. Right. Got some of the greatest writers in Trek history, like Jerry Taylor, like DC Fontana, like, you know, uh, Bowie Kim and Erica Lippolt. You know, you've got people who have contributed to the the very fabric of Star Trek. And what a great rewatch theme, you know, to to examine some of those episodes. So we're going to do some of that today. I think that's a fantastic idea, idea, Bill. So you can't talk. Idea. 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 And I'm not drinking beer because I don't like beer. So that's even better. <laughs> what are you drinking, by the way? We have a <laughs> this is, this is uh, the Tennessee Fire cinnamon whiskey. Oh, very nice. Uh, I've had a little bit of a cough, not Corona related. I have that allergy that shows up every spring and it started in today yep. so yep. yeah but you have to preface that with it's not corona because i swear people start getting out flamethrowers and, yeah. and pointing yeah. them at you the moment there's a little sniffle or cough these yeah. days no i'm uh, i'm 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 very certain i'm i'm, I'm good uh, miss jackie are you drinking anything uh water <laughs> as am i as am I. You can see that the, uh, the high-functioning member of the Trek Geeks podcast is I have to drink to whiskey. record with Bill. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I have to drink when I record with Bill. I don't sound anything like that, Bill. No, you sound a lot dumber. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, as we begin to consider our themed rewatches, I'm going to go first, I think, um, oh. so that I can sort of set the stage. Uh, for my theme, I selected humor. Because I think that with everything that's going on right now, we could use a little bit of laughter. And Star Trek has provided some great comedic moments. 
uh, over the years across all of the series, across some of the movies. I figure I really can't go wrong with that topic. So I'm going to read my list of, uh, I actually have six episodes in this particular rewatch. Um, and then we can talk about them and, and what makes them so great. So um, in no particular order, uh, my episodes are uh, The Trouble with Tribbles from TOS, mm-hmm. Trials and Tribulations from Deep Space Nine, A Piece of the Action from TOS, which we've talked about previously on the show, Dan, being probably being one of the best f- humorous episodes of Star Trek of all time. Agreed. Bride of Chaotica from Voyager. Oh, God, so good. <laughs> Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And finally, you can't have a humor list and not watch Star Trek for the Voyage Home. <laughs> because okay. there are so many funny moments in that movie simply just from the whole fish out of water story so that's my list uh we can go through them one by one uh, jackie obviously the trouble with tribbles is is renowned and, and time honored do you have a favorite part of that particular episode one that you think is probably funnier than than others Oh, you know, my mind just instantly jumps to uh, trial and tribulations, um, okay, which we can I know is first. your next yeah. one. <laughs> Let's go there. But well, but to fully appreciate it, you have to watch Trouble mm. with Tribbles. Absolutely. So you really do. Yeah. Uh, Dan, what about you? So I uh, that's a that's a list. Are there any you'd uh, you'd substitute in any that no, uh, that a- you wouldn't watch? That's a great list. I'd, I'd never thought of Star Trek four, even though it's got a lot of comedic parts to it. I've always thought of it more of a drama because of the whole saving the whales thing. I like that pick. I got to say uh, both Tribbles episodes really tie well together. And when you said, what's your first thought? The one that I'll, the thing that I always think of first is Kirk with all of the Tribbles falling on him <laughs> and then just one at a time every few seconds. And then you find out it's because Cisco and Jadzia are tossing them over their shoulder as they're searching for the bomb. <laughs> way cool um, way to tie things together in, in that episode. I've always loved the way those two episodes interplay. Yeah, um, I really think that uh, for, as an anniversary episode, the Deep Space Nine writing staff got it absolutely spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, now first time I list Dan was Trouble with Tribble. So I now give you free reign to deliver your favorite line from that episode. Go right ahead. I don't want to. No, no. <laughs> you have to now because I've set you up for it. Storage compartments? Storage compartments? That's not the no. one. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I, oh. <laughs> but Bill, <laughs> because tribbles are not dangerous. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I hope all of you out in Trek Geeks land, uh, out in, the, out in the, the vast pod fleet, really enjoyed that. Um, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just honored that you asked me to do it, finally. Thank you, sir. That's going to be the one and only time. <laughs> I is the last time I'll do it. It's the only time you'll ask me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, obviously the, the two Tribbles episodes, you have to watch hand in hand. I can't watch one without the other anymore. Uh, a piece of the action has, has been an episode I've rewatched a few times since we actually talked about it. And I have to say, it's probably become one of my favorites. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, another Jack. Um, <laughs> it always cracks me up. Um, as I go down the rest of my list, I got Bride of Chaotica, Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite, and Star Trek Four. Jackie, do you have a favorite among those? Oh, gosh, it's been a while since I've seen those episodes. Sorry, I'm sitting here talking on mute, just having a great old time with myself. Hey, that happens. Where did she go? Oh, she was admitting at Camp Kittimer and had to step out. I know, right? right. <laughs> a little misbehaving going on there. <laughs> Doing her day job. Um, yeah. So 
so a, a piece of the action obviously is one that that has been around for for quite some time um is how does that rank among the the comedic episodes in your opinion it's a great way to put me on the spot um that's what we do yeah that's what we do you know whenever you can get those boys together all three of those guys together tell me it's just not a great time um Absolutely. As far as the humor, I think between that one and some of the moments in Star Trek uh, Voyage Home, I would have to agree with you. You know, that's a great point. Star Trek for the Voyage Home. I mean, there are so many just little tiny moments, everything from a double dumbass on you. Uh, Spock, I think, is actually probably (laughs) the funniest character in the entire movie. And it is so brilliantly written in that regard that it's... I, I just I felt I had to put it on there, Dan. No, I like no, I like that you did. It's really good. I think that a piece of the action stands out to me as one of the best comedic. First of all, let me let me back up a step. In your list, Bride of Chaotica, that is the best campy, <laughs> making fun of the old movies in a way that makes it hilarious to watch. Just going to put that out there. But piece of the action, the dialogue between the three character, the three main characters, and that, and the way that they interact with each other and the people around them. I think that is the the best of the humor episodes of TOS by far, if not all of Star Trek. But oh my god, I just love Bride Account. Every time you say it, I smile. <laughs> you know, as I was going through the list, it's like you know, thinking about the various shows and whether or not they have a comedic episode. Obviously, TOS has several. Deep Space Nine actually has more than people might think. Mm. Next gen. Does Next Gen actually have a mm. uh, an episode that relies more heavily on comedy? Shades of Grey. <laughs> Some people might say Data's Day is lighter, but there's a drama no. at the heart of it. Um, and then Enterprise. I couldn't really think of a, a humorous Enterprise episode. Maybe the one with the Ferengi. I was going to say, but that's that's only humorous because, let's be honest, it's the Ferengi. But right. Right. I don't think it's supposed to be a humor episode. No, I agree with you there. So I I actually thought about those two, uh, those two series for a while, and I was really racking my brain. Um, I didn't count the animated series in this particular um, uh, calculus for my rewatch because um, it's all the episodes are 20 minutes long. I could have picked the... Um, Kirk is a jerk. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the one where the computer starts playing practical jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, the, uh, I know there are going to be people listening who are yelling the name of the episode at their... Uh, at their, their phone or their, their car radio right now. And I just can't think of it. Um, but that one might have applied. Um, and I might accept that as maybe an honorable mention, but, uh, but all in all, I, I have to say this. Um, if I look at, if I look at take me to the hollow suite, which is the only episode Dan and I have ever watched together. Oh, so, really? Yep. That's true. We were at yeah. Northeast Trek Con in Albany, New York. Um, got about a year and a half ago now. A couple of years, I think. Yeah. And um, we were talking about it that week for the podcast and the World Series was being played that same weekend. Mm -hmm. So we actually watched that episode in our hotel room and we had never watched an episode of Star Trek together. And it was enlightening. (laughs) I'm loud. (laughs) You? By the way, the practical joker. Uh, So the episode where the computer plays practical jokes is the practical joker. Yes. And one of my favorite uh, Star Trek t-shirts is the Niners t-shirt. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we have Niners hats that uh, Jamie McGregor yeah. was kind enough to give to us last year. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, 
um, I might have included the practical joker. It is kind of humorous, but I just I wasn't factoring TAS in much to the chagrin of some of our TAS loving fans. So um, take me out to the hall suite, as I was saying, probably some of the best comedic moments of Deep Space Nine. I find that most of the humor in Star Trek comes from sort of situations where people are in that may not be their thing. <laughs> Piece of the yeah. action. Bright Chaotica. Hollow Suite. Um, who do you think was the best baseball player uh, of the aliens that never played baseball, Jackie? Oh, gosh. I I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I, 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 I'm not a brainy Star Trek fan um, when it comes we to, well, gosh, yes, you guys know far more details than I will ever know. Um, I'm more of a, I don't know, emotionally tied uh, Star Trek fan when it comes to how did something make me feel? I could okay. elaborate all day, but uh, telling details on a particular episode or even trying to remember the name of an episode, good luck. Um, so you're like yeah. Dan? You like Dan's uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that. Oh. Dan, do you have a particular favorite moment from Hall Suite? <laughs> I think really? I know what it, I think I know what it is. <laughs> no player shall at any time make contact with the umpire in any manner. The prescribed penalty for the violation is immediate ejection <laughs> from the game. Rule number 406, subsection A, paragraph four. Look it up, but do it in the stands. You're gone. Because <laughs> you have to have subsections to these rules, you know. Well, I, you should see the the Major League Baseball rule book. It is it is insane. There, rules sections subsection subsections. I can't say subsections. That's uh, yet. I just did. Um, I, I regressing I, to a piece of the action. I yeah, think. regressing into yeah. Dan Davidson. Uh, <laughs> Dan, somehow I knew you were going to be ready with that particular quote. I don't know how I knew, but that I is, just knew. That might be my favorite Odo moment in the entire series. It is he takes that job so seriously and is hilarious as the umpire. It is great. Love it. I love it when and he's I, re- rehearsing in his office <laughs> and you don't hear it. Yeah, <laughs> and Kira sees it through the door. Yep. yep. Those are one of my favorites. So, uh, so that's my list. Would would you guys sort of watch it in that order, or would you watch it in a different order? Um, what do you think, Dan? I would probably have to go with Bride of Chaotica first, just because I love that one so much. Okay. Um, and then I, I don't think you can watch uh, Trials and Tribulations first over Trouble with Tribbles. Right. So right. of course, I think you have to watch those in a very specific order. Although I like everything in the list, I'd have to say that the one that is least humorous to me, even though there's a lot of humor, is Star Trek Four. So I'd watch that one last as a humor episode. Okay. But, uh, there's no, a lot fair. of bits in that. I just can't. I, I keep going back to the whole drama of the moment. Earth is about to be destroyed by this big giant steel tube with a soccer ball at the bottom of it. And well, I guess that's humorous in itself. So, okay. I'll- <laughs> <laughs> Well, you figure there's a little bit of drama in each of these episodes. I mean, you know, there is something on the line in all of them for the most part, with the exception of Hollow Suite. That's true. Because unless you consider the honor of Benjamin Sisko. That Um, outweighs everything. uh, At least in his mind, it does. Nobody can can chew gum better than Sisko on the ball field, by the way. (laughs) Uh, That's that's a fact. Uh, Jake or Benjamin? Oh, Oh, Benjamin. 
just checking. No, yeah. <laughs> Jackie, regarding my list, would you watch it in that particular order? Is there anything that you'd you'd leave off? No, I think I would. I like the order that she placed. Um, and then ending it with a movie is totally my style because I, I love movies. So. Well, okay. I think that's a pretty good distraction-based rewatch mm-hmm. that, that yes. I've got going on there. You can have some laughs. You can have a nice lighthearted time if you're being bogged down by all the stuff being reported in the news. Bogged down. So, <laughs> bogged down? Are you just screaming yeah. things randomly? I like that name. Tourette's. <laughs> yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's, got, he's got Trekkie Tourette's where he just randomly screams things from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Dilithium crystals. <laughs> Deuterium. Ooh, I haven't Thank said you. that one yet. No, you didn't know what it was last week. So, I know. Um, well, not that I didn't know it. I just I misplaced it where it was in the. Where, where'd you leave it? <laughs> Next to your shoes, idiot. Um, oh, put your I know. shoes away. Oh, sorry. So, Jackie, that takes us to your list. And well, why don't you tell us your theme and kind of how you decided to come up with with your list? Well, here you're so lighthearted, and I I, I come up a little heavier. That's okay. Um, the, the theme of my of mine is uh, onions. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, you're probably asking why onions. Um, why onions? Why onions? Why, well, because why onions? onions have layers. Um, they also make you cry. Ooh. Well, at least they make me cry. So um, that is the kind of the theme that runs through this, but with one person in particular in mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. As I as I mentioned earlier, I'm more of an emotional Star Trek person. Uh, don't know the the minute details of the Trek world or the Trek fandom, but when it comes to how it makes you feel, that's where Trek ties me in. Um, Originally, my character that I super identified with was Deanna Troy. And I would say that was because um, how how her feelings or how she could feel the feelings of those around her. And that was something I myself identified with. She was the reason why I could see myself on the bridge, but, and that was until I've got to know my beloved Loaxana. Not many people really care for her, but for me, it's a personal choice. I absolutely love her. So I would say I would start off my theme with uh, TNG's episode cost of living. Oh, very nice. Um, again, not not uh, necessarily a favorite in the uh, fandoms out there, but for me, um, I absolutely love it. Uh, she reminds me so much of my mother in this episode with how she interacts with Alexander, who is, you can see him struggling um, in this particular episode with the loss of his mother and, and now having to deal with a father who wasn't there for you know, for what most of his life. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, the way she talks to him and not down on him when no one else could really reach him it was so natural for her to connect connect with him. Um, that was one of the reasons I chose this particular episode. What I absolutely love about it was um, I love that she gets. Uh, when she gets really caught up in her own problems and um, 
Alexander's trying to talk to her and, you know, she all but scolds him and then realizes what she does, embraces him, apologizing him, you know, don't you dare be sorry. I think in that moment, it is so important for adults to, you know, if you're in the wrong, apologize to children. They're worthy of respect. They're deserving of the apology and it and, and showing them that they are worthy of that, I think, is a beautiful thing that she expresses in here. And how they teach one another um, that as she's teaching Alexander, she too is learning that loneliness uh, that has caused her to forget, uh, to not settle, uh, don't compromise. Um, he kind of teaches her that she doesn't have to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. So that that's kind of my first pick. What do you guys think about that episode? I don't know if you, what, what are your thoughts on that episode? It's not one of my favorites, but for the reasons you call out and your specific theme, I think it fits really well, Dan. The higher, the fewer. The higher, <laughs> the higher, the, the fewer. fewer. Yes. Yes. Um, I, a lot of, uh, I, I remember the thing that point that, that sticks out in my mind the most, unfortunately, um, is not so much the theme that you talked about Jackie, which I think is fantastic. It's the mud bath. And at the end, Worf <laughs> in it and his wonderful. Is like stuck <laughs> on, in the mud and it's just kind of like stuck there. Yeah. And then the, 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 the floating head guy. Oh, the floating head. But I remember that. See, she allows her inner child, you know, yes. to come out. And I think us as adults, we could use more of that as well. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yes. I, I don't disagree one bit. So what's the second episode on your list? Um, the second episode's a little darker, uh, okay. dark page from uh, Next Generation as well. Yeah. Um, this episode literally breaks my heart every time I watch it. It's heavy and it's deep. And to imagine how this woman, who often comes across as larger than life, can even put one foot in front of the other, just goes to show the strength that women have inside of us just waiting to be accessed. Um, that's one of the reasons why I absolutely love this ap episode because we can't move past the pain that we face in life until we face it. Um, it may not be easy, but in the other episodes that I pick in my theme, it will show you if she had not made the choice to face her past, um, then her, her future and those that she touches along the way would be changed forever. And I don't think in the, in, in a better way. Um, so I love this episode because of the strength uh, in facing such despair. I, that's I have interesting. To, yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to say that's interesting. I, I don't think this is one of the more popular episodes, I think, for, for Bill and I. But one of the things that I love about this episode is it has a huge part to play in Star Trek Picard when you think about it. I want to give spoilers away so we won't say what it is. But um, I really um, liked how they were able to tie this episode into Picard during season one. Yes, I saw this episode recently on BBC America um, because it seems like they replay all of next gen all the time um, when they're not playing deep space nine, that is. And um, it was better than I remember. I, I recall giving it a skip it. when We did uh, right. TNG season seven, mm -hmm. um, but I, I really have to appreciate Majel's performance in this and, and the way that she and Deanna relate to each other in sort of the last act um, really is kind of beautiful. And I, I, I can totally appreciate the way you've you framed this in the discussion, Jackie, because um, it, it does it does make quite a statement. And at the time I first saw it, I don't think I was 
really aware enough to yeah. appreciate that message. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Well, and it also, uh, I think, sheds light to her being a helicopter mom in a sense, how overprotective mm-hmm. she has always mm-hmm. been of Deanna. And then when you watch this episode, you really understand why. You know, she's experienced the loss of a husband, the loss of a child. Deanna's what, and probably at some point tethered her to this world until she was able to start putting one foot in front of the other again. Mm-hmm. Explains why Loxana is always looking to hook up with somebody. Right? Deanna's off wandering the cosmos. Loxana needs something. <laughs> Speaking of, that leads into my next one, oh, which is, uh, yeah, uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, uh, The Forsaken. Oh. Yeah, where she meets. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yes, she sets her sights on a reluctant Odo. Um, I chose it because this is the first time, if I recall, that her and Odo meet. Yeah. Um, this shows all the layers that both her and Odo have. Um He's another one of my favorite characters, and these two on screen together are just magic for me. The awkward moments um, are almost like watching a budding romance begin. Now, not necessarily um, like the way you can love, really love a friend, you know, at least for him. I know that she fell in love with him, but um, much like many, the reasons why I picked this was because much like many people who meet her, he tries, including going to Cisco, to stop her from making advances towards him, which I thought was hilarious. Um, it's simply not a position that he's used to being in, so he's a bit flat-footed on how to handle it. However, leave it to her to be the one to expose his soft underbelly and win a place in his heart as only she can. I absolutely loved every moment um, with those two in the turbo lift and the conversation and the writing that they did between the two of them while they were in there to me is some of the most real, the most touching intimate moments in, yeah. in Star Trek. Yeah, absolutely. The, that scene is the one that stands out to me um, with him, you know, having to revert to his gelatinous state. He's really mad that, that uh, she's there with him. And then for her to take off that wig and say, nobody's seen me like this before either. And that's the moment that it all clicks. Uh, and then just having him kind of melt into her lap. That is just a, that is just a 10 out of 10 scene Oh, uh, in that episode. I could literally cut everything else out of that episode and mm-hmm. just watch the two of them yeah. and put it on a uh, loop. And I would be content. I just yeah. love those two together. I've said for years, it's probably Majel's best performance as Loxana because it is so vulnerable. Yeah. Um, she gets a little bit of vulnerable in, in, in some of the other episodes. Uh, one that I may think could be on your, I think might be on your <laughs> list um, is, is the other one that I'll mention, but um this one in particular has long been my favorite of all of Majel's turns as Loxana Troy, simply for that that scene with Renee. Because you're right, in the turbo lift, it is just it is brilliant writing. It is beautifully acted by two actors who are really fantastic at their craft. And every time I watch it, it just it leaves me with the feels. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh my gosh, definitely. So got a question for you guys. Yeah. What do you think of the episode The Muse? <laughs> <laughs> Deep Space Nine's the muse. Yep. 
if I leave it to just the Loxana parts, it's not bad. Okay. If if I add in the Jake parts, it is the worst episode of Deep Space Nine. Well, because everybody who thinks that's what it's about, you know, what this being that uh, feeds off uh, the energy of artists that she's creating yeah, or inspiring, yeah. that's not that's the wrong story to watch when you're watching the news. I agree. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I, I picked this again. Hello, Odo's in it. Who doesn't love him? Um, but the deep friendship that he gains with her during this, in my opinion, is a must see. That is the story to pay attention to. The intimate moments that they share are some of the real, most sincere, endearing moments. Um, if I remember correctly, you know, when she was what was he doing playing like hide and seek? She had to try to find him in the room yeah. and, and, and she finds him and the utter joy on his face when she does, and she's playing with him. I, I, I absolutely loved it. I, it it's beautiful. Um, so their friendship, it's one that I absolutely cherish. And I love watching because she brings out the best in him. Um, I think she completely accepts him. Um, it leaves him changed forever and for the better. It's it's a shame that because it is Majel's last performance as Loxana Troy. The the thing I've said for years is that it's a bummer it's in that particular episode because there's a lot there for the Loxana Odo relationship. It's just the B story in an episode that's just not very good. Yeah, I, I agree. But I also do like what Jackie said that yeah. that you could actually make the Jayal, um, Waxana Odo part of the episode, the A story, if you really want to, um, because it's so well done, even though it's not as much screen time because it's the B story. Right. You get to see Odo and Waxana get married, for God's sake, and Waxana's pregnant. What the, what, huh? Well, but the declaration still, that he makes, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the declaration yeah. that he makes. And it yep. was, I honestly believe he was sincere when he made it because he looked so heartbroken mm -hmm. when she went up to him afterwards and said, you know, for a moment, I almost believed you. Yeah. And, yeah. and he had such disbelief on his face. Like, I meant it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny, Bill. I think you mentioned this was um, Majel's last performance as Waxana. I think this was one of Michael Ansara's final performances as an actor, unless I'm mistaken. I'd have to double check to see, yeah. um, but it definitely was his last one in Star Trek. And and although I wasn't really, you know, great on the whole story, it just kind of came out of nowhere with who this guy was and that uh, he was with Waxana. He did a great job as he as he always does in all the Star Trek he's done over the years. So, so there you go. Nicely done. So, that? Jackie, you're at the, you, you're four episodes in. How many do you have? Five on your list, or I do have more? five. Oh, um, so, where your last the, pick? The last one, um, yeah, which wonder. was already mentioned, was from Star Trek: Picard, um, Nepenthe. Uh -oh. oh, nice! Um, wow. Yeah. Well, and the reason that I chose this was because for me it was all about legacy and what we leave behind. The choices that we make, the willingness to keep moving forward through tra tragedy and loss, has consequences for those that come after us. And though Waxana is not physically in this episode, her spirit is. That's wow. Deep. That is wow. really deep. I actually, I love that pick. Honestly, I thought you were going to pick Half a Life. Half a Life. Yeah. Um, simply for the Waxana factor. That was the other episode I was thinking of earlier. But you totally pulled an end run on us and came up with Nepenthe. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic pick simply for the legacy as you state, Dan. 
Yeah, absolutely. That that was a that came out of left field for me. That was a huge surprise, Jackie, but a but a great one. I too would have would have put um, half a life as my top Luxon episode. I've I've said before. I think that was um, Majel's finest performance for the character um, by a landslide. Um, but I think the reason that you put Nepenthe on the list is a perfect reason. Well done. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Well, so that uh, that actually rounds out a pretty fantastic list, Jackie. I love it. Onions, I think, is an appropriate name. And uh, to clarify, Dan, um, Michael Ansara's last Star Trek appearance was actually on Star Trek Voyager. Really? He was Kang. That was after? It was. That's right, yes. It was the episode with uh, Sulu, right? Yeah, it was. So the Muse uh, actually... Um, uh, Aired and actually, actually, hold on. I think okay. they were produced differently. Well, IMDb lists Voyager as last, but you actually okay. might be right in the long run. Um, because huh. here we go. Flashback is math here. Flashback aired September 11th, 1996, during, uh, during uh, the early run. And um, oh no, the Muse aired in April of 96. Wow. So okay. Voyager was I, his last Star Trek credit. I stand corrected. And that was a great one too. That's a good episode. That was so. Yeah. Well, Dan, what do you think of Jackie's list overall? I think first of all, the title of Jackie's list is, <laughs> is just awesome. Um, when she first said that, I'm like, wait a minute, what where are we going with this? Onions, pot- Cisco peeled potatoes, but I don't know about any onions, so I was a little concerned. But the whole idea of layers and and tears and everything, awesome job. And and again. One of the things I like about having different people on the show is they have different ideas that we haven't even thought of. To have a list for for a Trekathon specifically for Luoxana Troy is amazing. I never would have thought it, and I no. think it's great. Yeah. Well, Dan, this kind of puts you in the hot seat because we had my list, which was pretty okay. We had Jackie's list, which clearly just <laughs> hits a, a total home run. And now um, here you are having to come in and bat fifth. Yeah. Comparatively. <laughs> my um wow, my my theme is potatoes. I just talked potatoes. about potatoes. No, it's not potatoes at all. Um, I just I had actually had a couple of different lists and I kept going back and forth over which one I was gonna select. And and I decided to go with alternate or perceived alternate timelines. I figured uh ah. you know as as you mentioned, Bill, with your humor list, you know, we need something humorous right now to, to take our minds off what's going on. We need alternate timelines to take our mind off of what's going on right now with all of the uh, uh, fear and sickness in the world right now. So that's what I decided to go with. Interesting. Um, there's a lot to choose from. Um, I chose very specific ones, but it was it was fun. I liked it. Well, it sounds like a really interesting uh, premise for your list. Now, you did alternate or perceived alternate, uh, alternate perceived by whom? Well, I have specific examples, which I will let you decide over. Who okay. Yeah, because I think in some instances, it could be perceived by the characters and some could be conceived by us because the characters don't realize it at the time. All right. Uh-huh. Well, okay. That sounds fantastic. Why don't you uh, regale us with uh, the first episode on your list? Well, unfortunately, dude, I have to talk about an episode that I know you just don't like very much. (laughs) Oh, I know which one it is already. (laughs) (laughs) And that would, of course, be Yesterday's Enterprise. I think that is one that has a very specific alternate timeline. Um, we've had a, gr- we've had great discussions over that episode. Uh, we, uh, uh, we've had actual 
episodes of Trek Geeks dedicated specifically to yesterday's Enterprise. And I think that's one that will always make the list. Um, and in terms of the perceived and who it's perceived by, I added this one recently because I just watched it again and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. And that would be the search part two. Now, you could argue that it's not really a timeline because it's all just a simulation run by the Vorta and the founders on the crew of the Defiant, but in their mind, it's really happening. So I kind of threw that in as kind of a left field alternate timeline. I really like that pick. I mean, it as you, you're right, as you're watching it, you don't necessarily know that it's not real until the right. very end, mm-hmm. which I think is part of the beauty of that episode. But it it absolutely qualifies as a perceived alternate timeline. I I really like your outside the box thinking on this one. How about you, Jackie? Uh, wasn't that the episode that it was Guinan who was detecting? That oh, that was yesterday's Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, yesterday's okay. Enterprise. Right, right, right. Um, the search part two is when Odo meets the founders for the first time. <gasps> oh. And the crew of the Defiant is, you don't know this, but they're in a, a laboratory on the on the founders' homeworld. And they're in a simulation where they think that the Federation has signed a treaty with the founders. And Admiral Necheyev is in it. And uh, O'Brien gets beat up, surprisingly, because he never uh, has to <laughs> suffer on Deep Space Nine. Um, so definitely an alternate timeline. <laughs> no, it, it absolutely is. I I gotta I gotta give you a lot of credit on that one. That one's a, a deep cut. Also directed by Jonathan Frakes, I might point out. Oh, oh I love done. when he directs, yes. Yep, he does great. Um my next one that I chose is a whole bunch of alternate timelines, and that's parallels. Oh uh, yeah. When Worf jumps around, you know, how many four hundred and eighty thousand enterprises show up at one point on screen. Um, I love how they ju- he jumps from from reality to reality, and there's just subtle changes. So that definitely is on my list. I like, and um, that one, I like that they, we kind of get the first hint of Worf and Deanna possibly getting together. That's what I was just going to bring up. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> and, and it's, it's something that still makes me scratch my head about those two characters finding love somehow and then forgetting about it, you know, uh, after the series. Like it's never brought up again. Like we're not going to talk <laughs> about it. It didn't happen. Kind of like with Tashi R and Data. <laughs> right. And yeah, they won't. I mean, they're almost kissing on Stardate four seven nine eight eight on all good things, and then you never hear about it again. Yeah, I know, right? So four seven nine <laughs> eight eight. That's a good one. I pulled that right out of the air, didn't I? Anyway, well, right off the tongue. <laughs> right off the tongue, Jackie. Do you um? So in that in that episode, we kind of get a chance to see Caveman Riker, um, or at least a Riker who hasn't shaved and it looks like five years. Um, what, what do you think? Is uh, is that your favorite Riker of all time? Um, I don't know necessarily if it's my favorite, but my daughter absolutely loves him. Matter of fact, um, just behind Kirk, that was her next uh, crush. And last year, STLV, she finally got her photograph with him. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. It was awesome. That's fantastic. So, Dan, you're three episodes deep. Uh, to yeah. recap, you got Yesterday's Enterprise. You got The Search Part Du from Deep Space yeah. Nine. Yeah. And you got par- Parallel. Parallels. Parallels. <laughs> Parallel universe. So, yeah. um, what's what's your number four? Coexisting on another dimensional plane. Anyway, um, this one <laughs> is my ultimate. It's not my number one, but it's my ultimate alternate reality. It's brilliantly performed by uh, one guy who plays Riker, which I think uh, uh, your daughter will appreciate, Jackie. And that's future <laughs> and perfect. Um, oh, that is yeah. a, that is brilliantly done. Uh, I love all the aspects of that. Um, I think it might be one of the best 
uh, alternate reality ones. And of course, it, it's it's just a simulation again um, by Barash, uh, just throwing that into Riker's brain. But uh, um, I really have always loved that episode. It's one of the first ones where we really get to see the future of the crew. Uh, and I like the way they did it. That you know, maybe this was one of the first times we saw a futuristic uh, badge, um, and we saw the you know the gray in, in Riker's temples and a and a uh, a bearded Picard who was an ambassador. Um, so I just I've always loved that alternate reality of that episode. I think it's great. And you he know, was a father, wasn't he, in that episode? Yes. Oh, yes. yep. that's what yeah. brought it all. That's what brought yeah. the whole thing down. Is that uh, when he realized that his wife was minuet? Minuet. Yeah, not right there. What's going on? I remember the preview for when they showed that. You know, the week prior. Yeah, next time when I'll do Star Trek. You know, you see Riker telling Picard to shut up, and then he says, "Shall we end the charade?" Or whatever the line <laughs> is. There, it's like, what has gotten into Riker? What's oh going on? Word. He's yelling oh. at Picard. What? The, the thing I like about that episode is that there's no bad guy. Um, a Tomalock doesn't exist, but it, right. it's all about understanding. And, you know, that speaks to some of the best Star Treks of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does create an, a perceived alternate timeline or even an alternate timeline for Riker. But in the end, Riker could have reacted to any one of a number of different ways. And he understood that what this being needed was companionship and he took was him not to be alone and he took him with him and i thought and we that- never heard from him again <laughs> <laughs> what is that right <laughs> he's with the, well, come with like, us you won't be alone Who, where is he what yeah it's, it's like they say on mission like he's with the puppies he's with, aw, <laughs> with the puppies but uh no that is a fantastic pick and probably one of my all-time favorite episodes of tng so that's, yeah. that's that is a good, a good one, one. i totally rewatched that one again yeah, that's a great one. And my fa- my my I did give this one number one. If I had to rate them, this is my favorite Voyager episode, um, two parter, uh, and it's Year of Hell. I just think that is one of the most brilliantly written episodes of Voyager. I love the whole idea of this one person who's just you know torturing himself for for ever and ever to try to get a timeline fixed, and the just multitude of things that can happen, which will cause you know, cascade problems that you don't, you don't figure out counterindications and, and all that stuff. Love year of hell. Fantastic episode. Brilliantly acted great special effects and a timeline alternate. Everything you want right in there. You're a hell. You're a hell. <laughs> You're I have hell. to watch that one. I don't really remember that one. That's it a is, shame. It's pretty fantastic. And I, I was thinking about this as you were talking, Dan, and you know, it's well known that I'm not a big fan of Star Trek generations. But Year of Hell is a script that is similar in a way, Mm. but is so much better in so many other ways, you know, because you understand why Anorax is doing what he's doing. And in the end, he becomes a bit of a sympathetic character, even if he's wholly unsympathetic, the rest of the two-parter. And when, you know, Janeway finally gets that, that sort of action movie moment where she says, time's up. um, (laughs) It is, it it, it is fantastic. I joked for years that, I joked for years when I, I thought I didn't like Voyager that that was how the series should have ended. It was just her crashing the ship. Oh, gosh. Uh, I know. I know. I feel, I feel bad about that. Wow. Know. And, you, know, you know, it's funny. We, we've seen Kurtwood Smith as a Cardassian. Yep. But yep. I will always remember him in Star Trek for Anorax. And the Federation it, president. And, but, and, but he's, yes, he played the Federation president. But, but this, this performance that he gives of this tortured soul... And then at the end, 
to to have his wife there and nothing happened. It's it is a reset button. I could have gone with a reset button thon, um, but I just felt that alternate time. Everything's back to normal for him, and he's with his wife. I just love it. It's it's one of those alternate timelines with a happy ending. I just think it's great. I I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's probably two of the best hours of Voyager that they ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. So is that the end of your list? I that's the end of my list. I do have some honorable mentions because there are some that you just can't ignore for um, for your timelines. Yeah, for okay. for for, uh, for alternate uh, realities. Yeah, yeah. Um, Inner light is is. Definitely oh. up there is one of the best. Um, I, I think that yes. I, I think I rated that my number one TNG episode of all time. Yeah. I also had to put Timeless in there, um, which is a very specific um, Harry Kim episode with with the changes in time, so that he can rescue uh, the crew that he feels he killed. Um, I also think Twilight could kind of be thrown in there a little bit with yeah. uh, how things are with uh, with Archer and his memory loss uh, every day. And and I also wanted to throw in Bill the visitor. Oh. I wanted to throw the visitor in, yes. kind of a backwards way because in my mind, and I don't think I really ever talked about this when we had uh, when we talked about it uh, on a specific episode of Trek Geeks. In my mind, the entire episode is not is not an alternate timeline until the end of the episode, and everything that takes place after mm-hmm. that point at the end is all an alternate timeline. So season. Season four through seven is an alternate timeline in Deep Space Nine, if you want to think of it that way. Interesting. I didn't. I never thought about it in those terms. Um, things things seem to go as they were supposed to go in the beginning of that episode. Ben got hit by yeah. the discharge and got got put into into subspace. And it wasn't until Jake cut the cord and shot back through time to that moment, telling his father to to um, avoid the discharge that the events that we saw in the beginning of the episode were erased. So in my mind, that was a regular timeline and the going back in time and missing that discharge caused a new alternate reality. No, That's just I, my opinion. I can't yeah. argue with that because the way you explain it, it makes sense to me. My head explode. Right? <laughs> mind blown. That's true. I never thought of that. You know, it's taken 211 episodes. That's the most cogent thought you've ever put out there. It's 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 miraculous. I appreciate that. Um, Kojak? What? Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> most Kojak moment. Yes. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> I'm I'm su- given that was your explanation for the visitor. I'm surprised that Star Trek 2009 didn't creep into your list a little bit. Did you consider it, that one? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's an it's an alternate um it's an alternate reality. I could have thrown it in there. I just I stuck towards the episodes instead. But I mean, everybody pretty much considers the Kelvin timeline an alternate reality. So, so yeah, definitely. And then, did you think about mirror mirrored, or did you consider parallel universes to be something separate? Nope, parallel universe is is a valid universe. It's not. Uh, it's not alternate. It's just parallel. Parallel. <laughs> parallel. So, so yeah, you somebody could easily <laughs> throw those in there, but I decided not to. No, I think awesome. that's a fantastic list. Jackie, what do you think of Dan's list? Do you think you're going to dial that up? Uh... Uh, yeah, there's some some episodes there that I've completely forgot about that I'm I'm going to have to go back in and take a look at that and remember. <laughs> remember. Remember. I, um, well, interesting. I have a, an alternate list, speaking of alternate timelines, because uh-huh. I wasn't sure which one I was going to go with. Um, and I'm going to run through this one really quickly. Um, uh, the list was Godlike Beings. 
because I figured that's something that happens in Star Trek a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm at, I actually rank these five through one. So this would have fit for an episode of Trek Ranks, if you will. Okay. Um, and my number five, I had uh, Who Mourns for Adonai from the original series because we get Apollo yes. played amazingly by Michael Forrest and not Michael Ansara. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> At number four, I had Where Silence Has Lease from The Next Generation mm. because you get Nagilam. And that's an episode I just really love. Um, it, it's an early, it's a season one episode, I think. Yeah. Um, Squish face. Squish face. Uh, but <laughs> it's an episode I always enjoyed, even when it was first run. Uh, number three, I have Errand of Mercy from the original series because the Organians. Yes. Um, they are probably some of the most amazing godlike beings we've ever seen in Star Trek. Um, and forcing a peace between the Klingons and the Federation, which I think was a really nice development in TOS. And core. A- and core, right. Mm. Core. Uh, my favorite Klingon of all time. Yes. Uh, and the number two spot, I have Emissary from Deep Space Nine because we have mm. actual beings who are treated like gods mm-hmm. in the founder. I mean, sorry, in the uh, prophets. I almost said founders. I almost you did say founders. <laughs> Shut up. Well, they were treated like gods too. That's right. Yeah. And then in my number one spot, and this is this is a bit of a dark course. I'm not sure most people would have come up with this. I have from Star Trek The Next Generation, The Survivors, Kevin Uxbridge. Oh, yes. The Hoosnock. He, he kills every Hoosnock everywhere oh. that's ever been, yep. all just to preserve his, his way of life. Um, and that was and heartbreaking. That, it is awesome. incredibly heartbreaking. Yeah. But it is such an amazing episode. Um, and I think it's probably the best godlike being episode, in my opinion, of all time. Uh, he was a Dowd. He, he was a Dowd. That's right. Yes. Uh, Dan, what do you think of that, that, that list I almost went with? That was That's a fantastic list, man. I really like it. You yeah. had, some, like you said, some dark horses in there. That last one, the Dowd, that, oh, man, that, I had, would not have thought about that. And now I'm thinking about it. Well, and speaking of thinking, imagine having to guard your thoughts because that's what happened to him. His one brief moment of unguarded thought. Right. Mm-hmm. Wiped them all out. Wiped them all out. Oh, yeah, that's, and, that's, and he lived with that pain. Yes. Ever since. Yep. Oh. Absolutely. You know, yep. so it's, I have a tear, little layers, onions. This is this could have been in my onion list. Um, right. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm not glad that you're crying. I'm glad that you did not include, even though I love him, John Delancey. I'm glad you didn't include any Q episodes in that list. Oh, you I know, love him. I I love John Delancey. Yes. I'm just not a big fan of Q as a godlike yep. being. I agree. As a a continual thorn in Picard's side, as a mischievous being, sort of like Trelane. Mm-hmm. I, I, all day long, I'll do it. If this had been mischievous aliens, he would have been number one, two, and three on the list. Um, but for godlike beings, you know, the ones that, that really could ex- exerted power, um, for specific reasons and in specific applications and not recklessly, mm-hmm. um, that's the only reason why Q wasn't on this particular list. Right. Nice. So, nice. um, yeah, that's, I'm think I'm going to watch that one this weekend actually. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to get these all written down, and I've got a whole weekend's worth of stuff to watch now. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, well, lucky for you, they'll be in the show notes. So, oh, yes. yay! Dan, did have, you have a, a second list? 
I did. I actually was was going to go with this one for a long time, and I teased about it on Twitter this weekend and was very happy to have my most likes I've ever had on a tweet ever as a result of it. And I was going to go with a Martokathon. Because I love General Martok. I think he's my all-time favorite Klingon in Star Trek. Uh, I love what JG brought to that role. Um, There are a whole bunch of episodes that you could – that you could watch. I mean, I think he was in over 20 total, um, but there are very specific ones. Apocalypse Rising was the changeling Martok when uh, the cast of DS, uh, the crew of DS9 um, surgically alter themselves to become Klingon so that they can go infiltrate who they think Galron is the changeling, but it's actually right. Martok. So I think mm-hmm. that's a great one. Then in Purgatory Shadow is when we see the real Martok for the first time, um, minus his eye uh, when he's in the prison uh, camp with Worf. I think that's a great one. Soldiers of the Empire is another really great Martok story. Um, there's just so many. Um, there's, there's There aren't a whole lot of... Martok specific episodes, but mm. the way that he played that supporting character and then became chancellor, I just thought was great. I love the way that the arc of, uh, of that taking place in season seven with Galron being a complete nut job about how he wants to handle the war from the Klingon side of things to Worf challenging Galron and then having Martok become chancellor was just the perfect end for that character on the show. So love me some Martok, man. Love it. Well, like Loxana, uh, you could take all of his moments, just clip them out, and just play the whole thing through and make yep. him the main story. Yes. So did yep. you just have the three Martok episodes that you called out, or were there others? Um, those, no, I actually, when I had my, when I had my um, decision of Martok, I had not actually made a list because there are so okay. many to choose from, <laughs> but I know that those yeah. three were very ones that stuck out in my, in my head. Um, Blaze of Glory is another one. I think is Blaze of Glory. Isn't that the last one with core? I believe that's, uh, that's the last one that we see core when, when um, I think so. Martok is afraid to really um, do battle. Um, I could be, I could be mixing it up with a different episode, but, and I apologize if that's the case, but, um, he's just, he's a, you know, we've always talked about bill sometimes that Klingons of the TNG forward error, it's dark, it's musty. Um, they use daggers and knives and blades instead of, instead of phasers, but they headbutt each other and they headbutt each other. And it's always about honor, but, but Mark, the character of Martok embodies, all of the things about Klingons that I always liked. Yep. And I'm glad that they had that character come back after we found out that the, the Martok was a changeling. I'm really glad they brought him back and he got to play some great moments in seasons five, six, and seven. Without a doubt. I mean, you could call it a mini Martokathon if you really <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> might make some people think it's about a mini Martok. <laughs> I was going to say, we might need to get the mixologist in on this and make a drink oh, out of it. Oh, right? Brooke. Right? Brooke, we're going <laughs> to need on, a, mini, a mini Martok, maybe a flight of cocktails for Martok. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. Uh, so uh, I think we've got some really solid rewatch um, game going on here. I think that uh, this will uh, help everybody burn through a weekend. If you have a rewatch that you want to send to us, you can you can either send it to us an email, you can leave it on a voicemail, or you can uh, add it to the post on Camp Kittimer, where you can also let Jackie know what you think about her list, which Dan and I actually love. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a treat to have you here, and thank you for all you do for us. Uh, we are eternally grateful, truly. 
Oh, thank you guys so much. It was my honor to be here. <laughs> it, uh, it was. That's it was. It yeah. was my honor of a it's, lifetime. It's so great to have intelligent people on the show every once in a while since it's just usually just Bill and I. So thank she, you. I say she's the first one in a long <laughs> time. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And of course, Dan, we have to thank Jackie for being a part of this week's episode. She's been a part of Trek Geeks for so long, and I feel like there's so much that we can and should thank her for, but it was really great to have her on the show this week, and I love, love, love her rewatch list. Thanks, Jackie. No, I got more than that. I'm just kidding. You I, you I hope so. <laughs> Onions. Oh, my God. When she said that, like I said before, I'm like, huh? What? What? But as we should always expect from Jackie. She had a lot more about it and what she said makes sense. And it, and I I guarantee you, I've had my negative things to say about Waxana Troy. I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch all of those episodes because Jackie. Because Jackie, I expected yeah. your list to be called Funyuns by comparison. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what I should have called mine because it was all humor. No? That's fun. <laughs> See? <laughs> it is fun. You're fun. Your face you know, is fun. Uh, my face is fun. Yeah. Funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Danny, you know what else is fun? Every now and then, I just like to, as I'm working from home during this whole, you know, stay at home thing, I like to dial up some five-year mission on my phone yes. and listen to it while I'm working because um, I love five-year mission. And I know you do too. Mm-hmm. We are huge fans and we can't thank the guys enough for letting us use their music all over the network. Dan, they become so much a part of us that they have their own podcast on yeah. the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, which is fantastic. Um, it is, it's 10 times funnier than your, you and me. Um, well, it's 10 times funnier than you. Thank you. It's pretty much on to, par with me. You needed to correct yourself there. I did. Uh, let the record <laughs> reflect I have corrected the situation. Absolutely. Um, but we want everyone out, head out. Ah, pa, pa, pa. I'm mm. talking to you and it's just rubbing off. Yeah. We want everyone to head on over to fiveyearmission.net. Get all their albums. Get those bad boy discs in your hands so that you can listen to stuff and go download their podcast so you can listen to more stuff. But really, um, we want you to support the band because we love those guys so much. Year one, year two, year three, and year four, and year five coming soon is, is something that we're hearing. Um, Spock's Brain, Trouble with Dribbles, they're all out there. Go get them. Spock's uh, Brain. They're fantastic. You know, Bill, I got to say, though, I am not a fan of this episode. Uh, I have to be honest, but it is part of Fark Trek canon, so I can't simply ignore it like I can ignore you. You could. Uh, yeah, I could, but I'm not going to. I- I'm sure you remember this one, though, buddy. The Enterprise enters a region of space known as the Hakeros Corridor, oh boy. where they find that disabled Ferengi ship. Uh, and it turns out that two musicians are responsible for sabotaging these ships in the corridor by using a ship-disabling mine disguised as a musical signal buoy. I'm sure you remember this. It's, it's right on the tip of your tongue. They claim that warp drive is destroying the fabric of space, Bill, near their homeworld. Uh, the Enterprise investigates, and eventually the Federation puts a stupid speed governor on all ships not to exceed warp five. It's not one of the best episodes out there, man, but it is out there. You know what I'm talking about? The season seven stinker, Farks of Nature. 
Dun, 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 dun. The only stinker here is you. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually don't mind Force of Nature, the episode on like which this episode. is based. I think don't it's actually like it. pretty good. Nah, and it's wrong. a great statement on how we're harming the environment. IDIC, because I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, IDIC. I don't, I don't care either. Um, <laughs> um, I, on this one, I can believe that the Fark Trek episode is bad, but on, otherwise, you just you're wrong, and your Farkism <laughs> sucks. Yeah. Don't you have something to say about Patreon? Uh, I do, but I'm not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Fiveyearmission.net, please, if you download their albums, no, if you go buy their albums and get the CDs in your hand and post photos, Dan will skip a Farkism for a week. That's what what we're going to do. Yep. Yep. That can't happen. If you tweet at Trek Geek Dan and show us all of the Five Year Mission albums to date, all six of them. Yeah, that that you've bought. Dan, we'll pick a week, and Dan will skip the Farkas. All right, I, I that I can agree with. It has to be so. You have to own all six of the albums. Yep, the physical album. Tweet a picture to me. Tag me at Trek Geek Dan. Tag at Trek Geeks, and I, we'll 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 skip a week of Farkisms to everyone's chagrin because it's all about supporting five year missions. That's right. Yeah. Speaking of support, Dan, don't forget you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to exclusive bonus content via Patreon. You can check out our, our annual t-shirt design and our annual supporters pins for 2020 and even get raw, unedited audio of all of our podcasts, along with some great perks, Dan. One of those perks is going to be me as the Emperor from Star Wars. I'm going to post that picture later. That's a great okay. perk. Yeah. That, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> okay. We also want to take a moment to thank our associate producers of Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support, and they include Adam Sanders, Brandon Everidge, Heather Sohn, John Krikorian, Rick Tatro, Trey Womack, Sean Lynn, Tim Robertson, Tim Serdar, Vikram Bhatt, Greg Rozier, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Ron Robel, Brooke Horton, Christina Werther, Jim McMahon, Luke Burnham, Eric Sakian, Lisa Tomlinson, Jamie McGregor, and the gracious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. I'm glad that you still do that one that way because Conrad would be very upset. I know. I know. I don't want him mad at me. No, no, that would be bad. Dan, we also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Patrick Escudero, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ben Russett, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon. You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks podcast network. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks right now this instant <laughs> quite frankly well dan uh, next week we're going to continue our celebration of voyager 25 taking an in-depth look at someone i believe to be one of the most important members of the voyager crew really huh well i guess i have one thing to say to you my friend and that is akuchi moya yes absolutely you guessed it people from a hunted maquis terrorist To the first officer of the USS Voyager, next week we will have an in-depth conversation about the complex and often overlooked best first officers in the fleet. Commander Chakotay, next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the podcast network for your fandom. For more great Star Trek discussion, please check out the other podcasts on the Trek Geeks network. There's Rewind, there's Polytrex, there's Five Year Mission, there's Picard Live. There's a little show called Discovering Trek that I've heard of. Um, Don't know much about it, though. 
Over on our YouTube channel, there's Trek Geeks Game Night and also more Picard Live. Um, but all of those available at trekgeeks.com. Of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek show, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 211 of the Trek Geeks podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. Coconut. I love coconut. Coffee. Wow, that's a flashback for you, huh? Everybody say, huh? Uh, coconut. Dig it out. Give it a clue. Hot tub. <laughs> Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and discoveringtrek.com. Uh, I, I must say, bing bong, Dan. Bing bong. Bing, bing bong, Dan. Yeah, bing bong, you stupid bastard. Oops. What? What? Sorry. We'll blink that out. Sorry what? about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, starting early with a name calling. Uh, that's, you know, sometimes you get that adrenaline rush when you're pretending to be Arnold and you can't help it. So you've been doing mass quantities of steroids? Is that what I'm getting from you? How come you, how come you look like that? Oh, he never did those. <laughs> Oh. Dan, if, if you've been doing steroids, you should get a refund because you look terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that kind of hurt. Uh, yeah, okay. I see my feelings are hurt now. The real takeaway is that you want me to believe you have feelings. You and I both know that's just not remotely true. Not for you. You're just like a white sheet of paper that I could just crumple up and throw in the trash. Wow, see? You're not hurtful at all. No, just means that you're a blank slate that I need nothing to do with. If I was, if you were, if 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 I was going to care about you, you'd be a blank canvas, and not a blank sheet of paper. And I would bring my art forth hemp with you. Thine self be true. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to read sonnets like Patrick Seward did this week, but I'm not good at it. You're failing miserably. <laughs> uh, Patrick Stewart, amazing. Amazing. You? Not so much. Oh, you're amazing, all right. <laughs> and it's funny, I saw that video of Patrick Stewart, and I'm like, he's got to be reading Shakespeare, because I don't understand a damn word of it. <laughs> he's doing one a day now. Yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome. It is awesome. I wish that he would do those as like an audio book. Oh, that'd be great. That would be awesome. Somebody Instagrammed to Jerry Ryan yesterday or today saying, you should do a live action, you know, question and answer because we'd love to talk to you. And she said, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. So we'll have to look and see if that happens online at some point. Wow. Yeah. You should do a, a live action question and answer. Why would I want to do that? Nobody cares about me. Now, see, thank you for admitting it. Because mm. it's I've believed that for years. No one really cares about you. No, not at all. They're just here for you. I'm just no, to, they're not here for me. Well, then who are they here for? Because it's just I've been me. trying to figure that out for five oh years. My God, I don't... you people are all nuts. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you people? Oh, my let's word! Let's go listen to Trek Geeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trek Geeks. Spock, help me, Me? I have no idea what you're talking you about. You just made fun of me because I can't talk right good. I yeah. Anyway, I there's just so much wrong with that statement. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know where to begin. Let's begin at the end. 
Speaking of speaking of the beginning and the ending, I saw a very interesting non Star Trek thing yesterday. It's actually Star Wars. The first line that C three PO ever says in a Star Wars movie is, "Did you hear that?" And the last thing he ever says at the last scenes of the Rise of Skywalker is, "Did you hear that?" That's kind of neat. Perfectly bookended. Carry on. C three PO was in that movie. Conrad Hutchins. <laughs> No, not Conrad Hutchins. I'm talking C three PO. C three PO was in that movie. Yeah, I. Yeah. It was so small. I vaguely remember it, or I barely remember it. Well, that scene. Know. He had a kind of an important part with the whole. Well, I don't want to get into the spoilers of it, but when his eyes turned red, <laughs> remember that part? Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie though. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a bad movie at all. Yeah. I thought it was better than uh, Last Jedi. Yes, it was. No. Although I liked Last Jedi because no. it was different. And here comes the hate mail. Let the hate (laughs) flow through you. Thank you. Thank you. His apparational battle station. (laughs) I like the emperor. That was actually pretty good. I love the emperor. He's great. Um, Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I have a great uh, image from, you know, at Disney, you can have your uh, image superimposed in the scene. From like Star Wars or yeah, yeah. Something. I have a great Emperor one where I'm the Emperor. <laughs> so it's I'll essentially it. Thursday, is what you're saying. I'll share it on uh, social uh, media. I'll put it on the Patreon page. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Patreon. I'll do that. Sure. Um, so speaking of beginnings and endings, hmm. uh, about ten weeks ago or so, you and I were in Hollywood for the premiere of Star Trek Picard at its beginning, and this week we see the season finale, the end of season one. Uh, it has flown by, dude. It has. It's been a quick 10 weeks, and um, I wish it was longer. Why can't shows be longer anymore? We're watching Grimm right now. Every season, there are six seasons. Every season is 22 episodes, and it's fantastic. Every one. I haven't seen a bad episode yet. Well, and that was cut back from like you know, the, the, the huge days of TNG when they yeah. were 26 episodes. Right. Yeah. Everything's 10 episodes now. 10 and 13 and yeah. 14, yeah. That's just silly talk. I don't know. That's all right. I still love it. I I want more. Mm. And maybe it's their way of making people want more, but I want more up front, not on the back end. I, you know, ultimately when, by the time Discovery's done, let's say Discovery goes seven seasons, there's still going to be less than a hundred episodes. Right. Yeah. Whereas that's that's too bad. You know, whereas with TNG, they had what? 180 some odd? 182. Something like that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's all right. That's the way it is these days. That's right. Yeah. I'm a little nervous for this week's episode. Really? Uh, I think something bad's going to happen. My sister, of course, Like your internet's going to cut out? No, no, of course. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> uh, my sister, of course, the same sister who, to this day, says Alex Trebek was in Insurrection. But yeah, So yeah. you know that what she says is probably pretty stupid. But um, <laughs> oh, Totally. She, she is, like, scared to death that Picard's going to die next week. Scared to death. And I'm like, no. Uh, A, he signed on for season two. So B, no. I'm sorry. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's amazing. And I I don't want to give any spoilers of what's going on. But there are so many people who think that he's not going to be involved after season one. That unfortunately, she's not alone. Um, I I, I don't believe any of it for a second because um, Patrick Stewart. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Why is he going to come back for one season? That makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. Let's, let's have a whole show named after my character, and then I'm going to leave after season one. 
what are they going to call it? It's it kind of like when uh, when Valerie Harper left Valerie. <laughs> yeah. And then it became the Hogan family. Yeah. No, wait. First it was Valerie's family, and then it was the Hogan family. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't see it happening. I see. I see death in next week's episode, but I don't see it being uh, Jean Luc Picard. I think there could be a character that is lost. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say who because I don't want to speculate right. in exactly. the Trek Geeks feed. But well, just the title indicates that it probably will be. It's part two, and it's in Latin, but it has something to do with death. So, um, I don't remember the title name, and I don't speak Latin. People it's a, at an Arcadia ego. At, at two brute, something like no. that. No, <laughs> I'm not sure. Caesar salad. I'm, I'm not really sure what the whole Latin thing is, but I do know that it has some kind of reference to to, to death. Um. Uh. Well, maybe uh, depending on your interpretation, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. But we'll see. Carpe diem, something like that. I don't know. Oh, uh, just shut up. <laughs> Whenever there's a a Latin Star Trek title, I know you're just gonna. Oh uh, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna mail it in. I I yeah, I'm not even gonna put postage on the envelope, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna put postage on the envelope. Oh, I hate you so much. Um well, on that note, um <laughs> we, we're, we're gonna talk about some some rewatches today, and I'm very excited about that. Very excited. I I, I do like Inter Arma Enum Sealant Legis though. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> You didn't think I could do that, did you? How many? How long have you been rehearsing that? Nothing. I just typed it up as fast as I could. I typed literally Deep Space Nine Latin episodes so I could get the title name so I could read it. <laughs> what about the Discovery one? Uh, e Pluribus Unum? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't think of what the name of the, the episode title is, but I, yeah, it's the tree one. The uh, CV's pocket and parabellum. Yeah, bellum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, cerebellum. If you want something. peace, prepare for war. Cerebellum something. Yeah. A parabellum. Uh, by the way, John Wick 3, also named Parabellum, which translated as prepare for war. Ah, I want to see that. I've seen the first one only edited, and I want to see them unedited and all three of them. I own all three. I will have to borrow them. <laughs> uh, they're digital. I will not borrow them. Do no such thing. Okay. All right, they're... Uh, Jerk, you ready to uh, do this? Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh. <laughs> you sound like uh, Randy Quaid's character in Christmas Vacation just then. <laughs> it <laughs> is good. <laughs> Save the uh, neck for me, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a little Mississippi leg hound in him. Um, all right, let's do this. 